The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Former Governor Terry McAuliffe is currently spending his days stumping for former Vice President Joe Biden. He told VPM's Ben Pavier he'll make up his mind on whether he'll run for governor within a week of Election Day. Terry McAuliffe says he's on 8 to 10 Zoom calls a day, talking up his friend Joe Biden to donors and other supporters. If Biden wins, there's been speculation McAuliffe could serve in his administration. But the former Virginia governor seems to have other plans. You never say never, but being in someone's cabinet, I'm not sure that's the best use of my time. What's more appealing, McAuliffe says, is leading Virginia's economic recovery as governor. But we'll not make that final decision until after Joe Biden gets elected, because I really want everybody's energies going into that. Under Virginia's constitution, McAuliffe can run again since his terms would not be consecutive. Two other Democrats, State Senator Jennifer McClellan and Delegate Jennifer Carroll Foy, have already announced their own plans to run for governor. Ben Pavier, VPM News. A proposal to get nurses in every public school in Virginia passed its first hurdle today. As Ian Stewart reports, lawmakers and advocates say nurses play a crucial role to keep students safe in the coronavirus pandemic. Gina Bellamy, president of the Virginia Association of School Nurses, told senators virtually that schools must have more support to reopen safely. We are way beyond band-aids and boo-boos. Proposals to mandate more school nurses have been brought to the General Assembly before. Currently, the state does not require a full-time nurse at every school. Republican Senator Jen Kiggins is sponsoring the bill and is a nurse practitioner. She says that because of COVID-19, students will likely require daily assessments, something she says only RNs can do. They're essential members of the back-to-school team and a way to get our kids back in school safely. Kegan's bill also lets school districts opt out of this requirement if the costs create an undue hardship. Ian Stewart, VPM News. The Virginia Department of Health has refused to make public the names of certain facilities with COVID-19 outbreaks. As Patrick Larson reports, some state lawmakers want to make reporting that information law. The Virginia health system has faced criticism during the coronavirus pandemic for not reporting outbreak data in some high-risk facilities, namely nursing homes. Senator Stephen Newman said in an Education and Health Committee meeting that information is valuable because it covers Virginia's most vulnerable population. 90% of all deaths have been by seniors. Newman is co-sponsoring a bill that would require the Virginia Department of Health to make public the names of long-term care facilities, schools, summer camps, and more with COVID-19 outbreaks. They'd also be required to publish the number of cases and deaths per facility. The committee unanimously approved the bill for consideration by the full Senate on Wednesday. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Virginia received almost a million dollars in federal funding to keep its COVID-19 counseling service open through May of next year. The program, called VA COPES, was established in May to help residents struggling with mental and behavioral health issues during the pandemic. State health officials say the warm line has helped over 280 callers since it began. Virginians needing assistance can call the VA COPES phone line toll-free at 877-349-6428. It's open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday and 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the weekends. Richmond City Councilwoman Kim Gray is calling for an investigation into Mayor LeVar Stoney's handling of the monument removal contract. 
Gray, who's also running for mayor, asked the Commonwealth's attorney to investigate recent news reports alleging the mayor awarded a $1.8 million contract to a campaign donor. The report from the Richmond Times-Dispatch also says Stoney did not follow the city's emergency purchasing policy. At a press conference on Wednesday, Stoney defended his actions, saying he wasn't involved in choosing the contracting firm. I don't get involved in the procurement process, ever. That has been the practice of my office from day one, and it was the practice that was followed through in the right fashion for this particular contract. Commonwealth's attorney Colette McEachin tells VPM she's reviewing the letter and has not decided whether she'll pursue an investigation. This afternoon, Richmond City Council will take up a local gun control ordinance. Mayor LeVar Stoney has proposed banning the possession of firearms at public gatherings. The ordinance would prohibit guns at permitted events or events that require a permit. Because the city's definition of an event is so broad, the ordinance would apply to nearly all events held on public roads, sidewalks, and parks. City Council is expected to vote on the ordinance in a special meeting today at 1 p.m. The Richmond Folk Festival will return for its 16th year in a new virtual format the weekend of October 9th. Travis Pope has more details. Venture Richmond, which organizes the annual event, will live stream the musical performances on its Facebook and YouTube pages. Additionally, our sister stations VPN Music and VPN PBS will broadcast some of the acts. At least six groups have committed to performing at the virtual festival, including Walter Wolfman Washington and the Roadmasters, a funk and R&B band from New Orleans. Organizers will also put up an art installation on Browns Island, a scavenger hunt for all ages, and interactive videos for children to supplement the festival's usual three days of in-person musical performances. Travis Pope, VPM News. We should disclose VPM is a sponsor of the Richmond Folk Festival. An historic site and theater in Chesterfield County were badly damaged last weekend when heavy rains caused the water to rise in Swift Creek. VPM News intern Alex Broning spoke with the artistic director about the next steps to recovery. The Swift Creek Mill was originally built in the 1660s and was added to the National Register of Historic Places in the 70s. Since it was converted to a theater, the mill has seen its share of floods. But artistic director Tom Witt says what they experienced last weekend was something new. There are chairs hanging from the chandeliers in our lower dining room. The dining room on the lowest floor was submerged from floor to ceiling, and there are 18 inches of water and mud on the floor above. Now we're going to need to add eighty, ninety, $100,000 to get back to where we were being out of business. Witt says the theater has been closed since March because of the pandemic, making the flood's timing even worse. Without income from ticket sales, the staff are relying on donations to fund their cleaning and repairs. Alex Browning, VPM News. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.